Hi, my name is George and I have um, quite a few years of uh, Scrum practice uh, under my belt, got to learn a lot. And in this video, I'm delighted to give you a little bit more information about sprint planning meetings. Now, uh, first, let's start with the purpose. Why would you even have a sprint planning meeting? It's an integral part of the Scrum framework, of course, but every single part of the Scrum framework has its purpose. And without that particular part of the Scrum, uh, Scrum framework, Scrum doesn't really deliver what it's supposed to. So the purpose of the sprint planning meeting is to plan for the upcoming iteration, the upcoming sprint, and ensure that everybody is aligned on what the goal is, the overarching goal that the team has set out to do, and that the additional information that might have come about since the last refinement session has also been taken into account. Now, um, this sounds basic in principle, but is actually very important because the Scrum team really has to appreciate what the overarching goal is. And that is one of the key things that I have observed uh, teams actually skip in, uh, in a Scrum practice where the sprint uh, planning meeting does not agree on a goal. And there is also a mistake that I have also made um, in my practice where the goal of the uh, sprint was not agreed uh, properly, where actually each item that the team has pulled into the sprint from the product backlog into the sprint backlog was considered a goal in its own right. And that is cause, uh, calling for trouble. Uh, why that is so, we're going to cover a little bit later on. Now back to the purpose, um, the participants of the sprint planning meeting are uh, the whole Scrum team. So product owner, Scrum master, as well as the development team members. And for them, it is important to uh, come out of the sprint planning session uh, with an agreed goal and with agreed uh, set of product backlog items on the sprint uh, backlog. And really also come out with a strategy of how to start the sprint at least. Used to be the case that the team planned everything out and broke everything down, but um, that's not necessarily also required because again, things change as they always do. Now, um, from the purpose, we're moving on to the audience. The audience is really only the Scrum team. Um, I have exper experimented a little bit in the past with um, certain stakeholders or subject matter experts that might come into the sprint planning um, session. And that might be useful at times, but shouldn't necessarily be a regular occurrence. Um, we do practice transparency and the sprint planning session. There are certainly no secrets. Um, so in some cases, it can really be helpful to have stakeholders who have a vested interest in the particular sprint goal that is being targeted present in the sprint planning meeting. Um, that is actually all there is to it when it comes to the audience. Um, we don't necessarily want to bloat it um, or have it out there. You can, however, and this leads us on to the next key question that you want to cover when you prepare your sprint planning session is uh, where you have it. Some people might really be um, uh, interested in what you agree and what comes out of sprint planning meetings. Stakeholders, for example, are another key audience that don't necessarily uh, need to or want to participate in the sprint planning session, but are curious as to what the actually final agreed sprint goal is that you have uh, worked out. So it can certainly be, and that's nowadays even easier, useful to um, um, broadcast or record your sprint planning session. So you can do that um, nowadays. Many of our sessions are happening uh, um, online, virtually through video conferencing 
systems like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or um, whichever you're currently using. And uh, all of those have some sort of recording feature. So it can be useful to not necessarily record the whole session and then make that available to your stakeholders, but at the very end, give a quick summary as everyone is, as you're finished in the sprint planning session to recap and restate the sprint goal and restate any considerations that are coming in, any risks that you're tackling or that you're aware of that you are paying down through the work in this upcoming sprint and record it and then make that available to um, audience, uh, interested audiences that um, are not required for the entirety of the sprint planning session. Right, uh, that brings us to the next key area, the timing of your sprint planning session. Now, of course, that is somewhat um, determined also by the scrum length that you have chosen. In many cases, that is still uh, two weeks across the industry. Um, across uh, the practicing teams. It can be shorter, it shouldn't really be longer until, unless there is a very good reason for it um, because that just delays the feedback cycle of uh, um, the, the sprint. And uh, therefore, as soon as you have finished your sprint planning session, that officially starts the next uh, sprint. Now, you want to bear in mind uh, when a good time of day is or when a good day of the week is. Um, there is no requirement for your sprint uh, planning to be on Monday morning. It can be really any time that works for you and all um, of the Scrum team members. So think about any outside uh, aspects that you want to be aware of, availability of stakeholders for sprint review. And uh, therefore, um, based on when you have the sprint review, you can think about when you have the sprint uh, planning session also. Um, so the timing of your sprint uh, planning is determined by all of those uh, outside factors, but also bear in mind the uh, time of day and when people are um, at their um, most energetic, uh, if you will. Um, if, uh, if you do it at the end of the day, when all team members tend to be a little bit exhausted and it's quite difficult to have an engaging uh, sprint planning meeting. So um, have a conversation with the team members, work out what is a good time of day to start the sprint uh, planning meeting. Okay, so we've got the why, we've got the purpose, we've got uh, the who, the audience, we've got uh, the um, location, where you have it and um, what you might want to do with any recordings and um, we have got the timing. Now, what uh, we're coming down to is now the what you're covering in the sprint uh, planning session. If at the beginning you are starting to look at your backlog and you're trying to determine what you pull in, uh, then uh, that might be a good indicator that uh, if that's what you start with, that uh, two things are there. Either you haven't worked out a sprint goal or you might have already um, agreed on a sprint goal, but um, when you're dissecting and clarifying items in the product backlog in order to consider pulling them into the sprint backlog, that is an indication that uh, there are, uh, you haven't spent enough time in uh, refinement sessions beforehand. So um, it's a good idea to start with the sprint uh, goal. Some key tips for the sprint goal are that um, you want to um, align around something that actually, from the product's point of view, makes a meaningful progress on uh, the roadmap, um, some key aspect that you want to focus on. Um, uh, it might be 
focused around performance improvements, quality improvements. It might be focused on a specific feature uh, that you are introducing or a set of features that you are introducing, um, all of which um, help you as a team to get closer to whatever the next big um, product milestone is. And um, it should be determined in a way where you can actually um, validate that you have met this particular goal. Um, <clears throat> A goal can be described in some things that can be validated, but it can also hint at uh, some things that you would only be able to validate once the user has received um, what you're currently releasing to them and uh, therefore uh, would not be able to be validated as you are concluding the sprint. So just bear that in mind, there are some leading indicators that could be in the sprint goal and you could hint at lagging indicators. However, at the end of the sprint, you want to be able to check whether you've met the sprint goal or not. So this is usually uh, around uh, leading indicators. Have you shipped something? Have you um, achieved a performance improvement that you can already demonstrate in the sprint review or not? Um, if your sprint goal describes a lagging indicator, then you will not know whether you've met your sprint goal until um, after the sprint has long been concluded. So bear in mind how you formulate the sprint goal. Uh, if that is of interest to you how to do that uh, properly, I can do another um, talk on this and we can work out some examples, for, exam uh, for instance. Now, um, once you have agreed your sprint goal, the uh, next thing to look at is the top of the product backlog. Um, are there any, um, any news about any final things that weren't quite ready when you had your last refinement session and uh, those items are now ready and meet the, the team's expectations as the, le the level of clarity and definition that each product backlog item needs to have in order for it to be accepted into the, uh, the sprint. So um, with an agreed sprint goal, the development team then typically looks at the product backlog and um, pulls item from the product backlog into the sprint backlog. When um, that is uh, done appropriately, then you have a list that is uh, challenging but achievable and also based on the capacity that you have in the given uh, sprint. So you'll need to work out um, what the capacity is of every sprint. So that is done by looking historically at how many um, items you have actually um, been able to accomplish over uh, the last few sprints. And uh, the more sprints you have, the more reliable that is and the more um, you've improved your refinement practices and your planning um, experience, the more reliable that uh, number will be. But that's not everything that comes to capacity. You also want to bear in mind looking ahead at the sprint. Um, do you have any absences of uh, key members due to holidays or medical reasons or um, loaning them to, the, to other teams for whatever reason? All of those things might have an impact of, on uh, capacity. So um, once you've worked that out and uh, uh, you might actually need to go back to the sprint uh, goal if there have been any material changes, but uh, commonly the two have been um, established in, in uh, tandem or dynamically together. And uh, with the capacity set, then the team can pull the items from the product backlog into the um, sprint backlog. When you're there, fantastic, high five. That's um, absolutely phenomenal. And uh, a round of applause to the whole team. Well done. Once you're done with part one of sprint planning, you can enter part two of sprint planning. In part two, the team will, well, development team in particular, with um, having the option of pulling in the product um, owner for clarification, 
the development team will then look at the sprint backlog, uh, uh, which is still ordered by value versus, um, uh, versus investment of uh, effort required. And then uh, think about what does it take to get started at the very least, right? So when uh, the team comes back the following morning or after the lunch break or depending on whenever your uh, sprint planning session is, when is, um, what do they need to do? What does actually the, the work look like to um, start with the first item in the product, in the sprint backlog, the second item, the third item, and so on and so forth. Um, you'll need to work out for you as a team how many of these items you want to um, break down in this manner. What is, is it a valuable activity to do, to do it for all of them? That has rarely been the case with the teams that I got to work with. Um, but I would definitely suggest to um, start with the first two, three, maybe four items, depending on how um, uh, much work is involved with your cross-functional team. But um, do start with some of them because um, otherwise um, everyone turns up the following morning and then you'll have your uh, daily scrum and there's not much to cover because uh, no one has really had an opportunity to work out how they want to get started, right? So um, uh, sprint planning part two, supports exactly that aspect and helps the team be prepared to have a great start into the sprint and get uh, started there. Now um, I'm just going to check my list here, see if there has been anything else I wanted to cover, but I think we're making pretty good um, progress. Yeah, yeah, Guardians, yeah, very good. Okay, um, so I think I'm done with the list. Um, let me know how this compares to your sprint planning sessions in the comments when you watch this uh, video. I hope this was quite useful for you as a rundown and uh, um, you could also create a checklist based off of that. If you have any questions about anything that I've covered, please let me know uh, or any queries about any um, other aspects of uh, the work with your team. Um, also let me know, very happy to cover these. Um, this is episode number one of Team Genius Live. I'm getting into this. I'm quite enjoying it based on uh, this very first episode. Um, I am aiming to do um, several of these a week, not necessarily every day, depending on what, I'm, uh, what else I'm doing with, uh, with clients I'm working with or mentoring sessions that I'm having, uh, but certainly several times a day. So, um, so far so good. Let me know how you're getting on. And uh, thank you very much for watching. Hope you're tuning in for a future episode of Team Genius Live. If you enjoyed this, please um, hit the like button if you liked it or consider subscribing if you would like to get uh, more of this. Um, I'm George Fashing. great to serve you. Hope to see you soon. Thank you and goodbye.